Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen, amen. Give somebody a high five today and you can be seated. Amen. We are the church. Hallelujah. I want to talk about identity today. One of three messages in this series, and identity is probably one of the most important topics that we can discuss in today's culture, and uh, in what we need to hear today, it makes a difference in our life once we know who, our, who we are. Um, you may not realize this or not, but there is a spiritual battle that has been going on over your identity. There is a spiritual battle that is over the identity of our nation, over the identity of the church. And some of you know this because some of you have fought this your whole life, and you still may not know who you are, and it's still kind of blurry on who you are. You know, people always talk about, you need to discover who you are, you need to find out who you are. Well, there's a way to do that, and the Bible is very clear on it. Uh, But let me say this. The enemy's main agenda is to keep us from two things, from knowing God and from knowing who we are. This is so important, what I'm talking about today. Watch how this affects you, because when you know who you are, you know where you are going, and you know why you are here. So that's, that's identity, vision, and purpose. And those are the three messages in this series. Good to see you, Roger. Welcome back from paradise. Amen. Him and Cindy. God bless you. (laughs) Random shout outs in my message. Look at all tan. Okay, brother. All right. You've, you've helped me get through the struggle here in winter by looking at those pictures. Who, when you know who you are, then you know where you're going and you know, uh, why you are here. So you can draw a circle Uh, and write identity at the top with an arrow going to vision, with an arrow going to purpose. And they are a continuum. And all of your life, those three should be in operation in a person's life. The more you recognize your identity, the more clearer you will have vision of what, where you're going, and the more of why you are here, your purpose will be made, made known. Uh, Your vision will strengthen your purpose. Your purpose will then help define your identity. So it's a continuum circle. I put it in your notes like this. No identity, N-O. If you don't know your identity, you have no vision and you don't know your purpose. And whenever you and I don't know our purpose, abuse is inevitable. Did you understand that? Right now up in River Kids, there's some toys that our kids are playing with. And the little rising tide room is the little toddlers. I always use this as an analogy. If there's any cars, a little hot wheel cars up there, they will get that little car and, and you know, they will try to, try to shove it in the ear of another toddler. <laughs> You've seen your kids do this. Why? It's a car, but they don't understand the purpose of a car. So abuse is inevitable. Now, it's cute when you're a toddler, but when you're 14, 15, and 16, if you don't know your purpose, it's not cute when we're shoving things in our arms and into our bodies. Because we don't know who we are, 
we don't know where we're going, and we don't know why we're here. So abuse is inevitable. Do you see how that works? But when you K-N-O-W, when you know who you are, then you know where you're going, and you know why you are on planet Earth. Isn't that good? Isn't that, that's probably the most important message right now. If you're watching, share this on social media. I'm serious, especially if you know someone struggling in their identity. I'm going to talk about race today. I'm going to talk about sexuality. I'm going to hit on some of these things today. Talk more about it in the weeks to come and even in next month because these are the conversations we need to be handed. We are losing an entire generation because of the lines of identity is blurred. So you need to understand that. So here's um, God speaks through his word. You don't know this. God speaks through his word. That's where we get our identity is from God. Well, he speaks and tells us this through his word. We need to also know that the enemy speaks through this world or culture. We're going to use, say, everybody say culture. 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 This isn't in your notes, but you can, you ever look up the word culture just to see what it means? I did. I asked Siri the other day. Culture means this. You can write it down. The beliefs and customs of a society. That's culture. It, it's the beliefs and customs of a society. Now, I believe culture is kind of like a car. It's neutral. It can be influenced good or bad. You can drive your car to a good place or you can drive your car to some places you have no business being. Social media is neutral. You can use it to go to good places. You can use it for bad places, right? Culture is that way. Culture can be a good thing. We've got many different subcultures in our country and different parts of the world. It's culture, and there's nothing wrong with it. It's celebrating the culture, ethnicities, and traditions, and they're all good. Culture, though, is one of the main ways that the enemy speaks to our society, and he does it through these three things. He does it through music, through movies, and media. Music, movies, and media. I'm really going to show you that here in just a few minutes. So what do I mean by the enemy, Satan? The Bible calls him the source of evil. If you don't believe in the devil, you need to know he believes in you. He's real. He is the source of the evil influence that goes and opposes all things represented good in God. That's Satan. The Bible calls him Lucifer, many different names. Well, how do I say that he is behind the culture in a negative way movies, music, media. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement to say that there's a devil, a spiritual battle going on for our, our identity. It's easy when you're a Christian because the Bible talks about that. Many scriptures, I'll just give you one. 2 Corinthians 4.4, 4, Paul is writing on this subject and he talks about the enemy and he says, whose mind's the God, little g, he is a God, he is a spirit, but he's not to be worshiped. He is, whose minds the God of this world has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel should shine on them. Isn't that something? Who, 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 before I became a Christian, guess what? I was blind. I was blind to the things that I've said up to this point about identity, purpose, vision. I did not know any of that stuff. I was totally blind because I did not believe. But the scripture goes on to say that when one turns to the Lord... When you willingly want to serve God, when you willingly say, God, I want to surrender my life to you. I love that first song that we sung today. That's the gospel in that song. For God so loved. 
the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever shall believe shall have eternal life. I mean, that's the gospel message. You heard it. We sung it. That, that, is, that is how we have an awakening in our spirit. That's how we become born again. And so the Bible does say that the enemy is behind the negative culture in today's society. He's behind the, the music, the, the media, and the movies, if you will. And, and um, whenever we listen to the world's culture, we become enslaved to its demands. Whenever we start listening to the culture, the beliefs and customs of this world, we then will become enslaved to those customs and those beliefs. For instance, I, I have some Adidas on. I love the shoes Adidas. I've always loved them. You may be a Nike man. You may be a flip-flop dude or a cowboy boot guy. I don't care. But I grew up when Adidas was like the, the thing, and I grew up, and I love the shoe. They're the most comfortable shoe, in my opinion, known to man. The Adidas top tens are the most comfortable shoe. I, I wear them on vacation. I love them. But there was a time, and still is to this day, where something as silly as shoes takes on an entire different context in, in my old neighborhood where I grew up, like in the inner city. If you did not have a pair of Adidas, you were not cool. You were not, that, I mean, that was your identity. And don't even let me tell you what happens when Jordan came, when the Jordans came out. They would line up around the block to get a pair of Jordans. People would lie, cheat, and even kill over the shoes I got on my feet right now here in America, just 30, 30 minutes from here. I've had it happen to my friends, been there, saw it happen. Grew up like that. You may say, that's crazy, Pastor Ray. Yes, I'll tell you it's crazy because we're not in that culture. But if you were in that culture, you would totally get and understand everything I'm telling you. But we have different cultures today. Same thing with our phones. You can have a phone that works perfectly well. But culture says it's not good enough unless you have the, whatever the new iPhone that they're on. You may have a flip phone and be totally happy with it. But if you, if you start listening to culture, people will start saying the customs, the beliefs of society will say it's not good enough. If you don't get enough likes on your social media, then the statement you put out didn't get enough likes. Culture says that's not a good statement. You will retract it or adjust the way you speak. What's happening? Culture is training us how to communicate. If you don't have a little blue check next to your social media or if no one's doing your TikTok challenge but grandma... Culture says that's not cool. Culture says you're not valued. You're not important. Nobody likes you. And we say that's silly because you're not really in a culture. But if you're in the culture, listen, people will do anything to become a, a, a YouTube influencer. Just like they do anything to get these shoes and you think that's insane. There are people doing things right now as long as they get some views, they'll do it. They'll say it. They'll throw grandma under the bus if they have to, if they get the views. Why? Because culture is saying and speaking very loud in today's society. The only thing that will set you free from that is knowing the truth. And the truth is in Jesus Christ. So now I wear the shoes because I like them, but they don't define who I am. Like that rap song, I'm not the shoes I buy, I'm not the clothes I wear, I'm not the car I drive, I'm not the house I live in. Yeah, it's a good workout song. By The Truth, D-A Truth, look them up, Godly Man of God, it's got a phenomenal album out. And the whole song is about identity. And it's really good, I was gonna play it, but we don't have that much time. Anyway, so let me show you this about identity and how powerful it is and how 
It can change society, good or bad. This is February. This is Black History Month. This is the month where we celebrate the achievements of African Americans and we recognize their role in U.S. history. Have you ever really zoomed out on the big picture of that horrible era in American history, world history of slavery, um, segregation, Jim Crow laws? Have you ever like, let's zoom out a little bit and let me ask you, what, is the, what was the entire struggle over? What's one word that we would now uh, describe that era? Hateful, evil, crazy. But one word to describe what the fight was over would be identity. Listen to me, watch this. Culture was trying to remove the identity from an entire people group. I mean, Adolf Hitler did the same things. To use his own words, he said the Jews need to be exterminated from planet Earth because they are not a human being. Adolf Hitler. Back to the civil rights movement, I want you to see how powerful of a role that identity has made in all of that. One of the most iconic pictures of that era is a man holding a sign saying, I am a man. Now, if you don't know the context of what I just said about identity, it just looks like a man holding a sign. Of course he's a man, you would say, because we're not in that context no more. We've been through it. But let me tell you, there was, there was a, a time when the beliefs and customs of America was teaching that people of color were not fully a man. They were not uh, equal to other races. Identity. We had a thing actually in our government called the three-fifths clause. Have you ever heard that? When, when finally during the civil rights and during pro progress was being made, the government said, okay, we'll start allowing people of color to vote. We'll allow slaves to vote, but their vote will only be included and valued at three-fifths of a vote. It was actually a law in American history. Culture was saying the value of a person of color is three-fifths of what everybody else was. So that's why the picture was, I'm not listening to culture. I'm listening to the word of God, that I am a man. Isn't, isn't it amazing? Civil rights leaders begin to push back, and this, is, this cannot be omitted from our history books. The reason why they pushed back. What inspired the civil rights movement? Who, what inspired Dr. Martin Luther King? Who, who inspired the entire pushback against the modern beliefs and customs? It was the faith and the word of God. Civil rights pushed back and refused to listen to the beliefs and customs of culture, and they chose to believe the word of God that teaches all men are created equal. That Acts 17 says, and he who has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth. Go ahead, give God praise for that. This is important to, to, to know the why behind some of these things. Zoom out. Because we don't fight against flesh and blood. If you don't zoom out and see the spiritual influence, you end up fighting with people instead of fighting for people. I'm trying to get us to zoom out here for a little bit. 
And so culture said segregation is the way to go, but God's word said what? There is no segregation. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, black or white, male or female. We are all one in Christ. They armed themselves and they were inspired by their identity given to them by the word of God. We've got to understand this in our, and you watch this shift take place. Let me give you some examples. I looked up, you can Google the top 10 civil rights leaders who, civil rights leaders who made the most impact. Every single one of them were people of faith. That has got to continue to be in our teaching. When we say, I'm going to fight against that because God said that. Same way when we teach our kids not to steal. Parents, we need to say, don't steal, not because it's bad or if you get caught, you're going to get in trouble. You shouldn't steal because God said you don't steal. You understand that? Because that is the first step in removing God from our society, is when we omit him from why we do what we do. You'll have a good charitable person that is being kind to one another. But when you start to say, I'm being kind to one another because God said so, it, it totally changes the whole atmosphere. I mean, say it at work next time. Make a stand for why you don't drink. I've done it with coworkers who are, have been on sobriety for 10 or 15 years. And it's okay that they're on sobriety because they were in a drunk driving accident. Oh, I understand it. But when I say I'm clean and sober for 25 years because it was wrecking my life and God said that the drunkard will not enter the kingdom of God and it's destructive to my body. My body's the temple of God. You see, we're both doing the same things, but one has omitted God and just did it because of our... This is exactly what Adam and Eve did, why Eve took the fruit. I'm telling you, I'm going deep today with this. Because the enemy said, if you eat of that fruit, you're going to have a better life. She should have said, I'm not going to eat that fruit. I know it probably tastes good, but I'm not going to eat it because God said not to eat it. So if you go through some of the civil rights leaders, and I'm going to get into some other issues, but Harriet Tubman, for instance, she was called the Black Moses. Why? Because she led 19 mission trips to rescue 300 slaves using the Underground Railroad. Went from Pennsylvania to Maryland, I believe. By the way, there is a movie about her. It's called Harriet. Please watch that movie. They did a phenomenal job. It was excellent, lined up with exactly in history how powerful she was. But this is what I want you to see. What she, when they asked her about her, um, her mission trips, she said this, and I prayed to God, to who? To the God of heaven, to make me strong and able to fight. That's why I never lost one passenger. She bragged that she never lost one passenger in all of her trips. He set the North Star in the heavens and he gave me the strength in my limbs and he meant I should be free. Who, who met, who met? Your history teacher? What, was that the Quran that told you all men are created? Was that Buddha? I, I'm, I'm just being real with this. We gotta realize the role that our faith can play if we wanna impact today's culture and you'll see why this is so important for 2022. She knew who, she said, God, no, God believes that I should be free. Purpose, vision, identity. Did you catch that? Rosa Parks, we all know about Rosa Parks. We have the bus right here in Michigan. She moved to Michigan after she did the boycott in Montgomery, Alabama. We know she refused to give up her seat to someone else because she was inferior, society said. Culture said she was inferior. She had no right to sit at that seat. 
Culture said that. She said, I ain't giving my seat up for nobody. She stood up. We have the bus here at, at Greenfield Village. We go see it. My mom and dad have a membership there, and we love going through that whole display of the civil rights. It's amazing. It's, a, it's awesome how they do that. But you ever know why she didn't give up? What caused this frail 110-pound by the t- she wasn't an old lady, by the way, when this happened. She was, what made her do that? that that's, the, that's where I'm going with this message. They asked her, Rosa Parks, why didn't you do that? Did you know she was described as a staunch and active Christian? don't even know what a staunch, that means. She says, this is why I did it. I instantly felt God give me the strength to endure whatever would happen next. And as God's peace flooded my soul, just imagine her standing on that bus all alone, taking a risk, taking a risk against culture, because whenever you step and speak against the customs and the beliefs of society, you are putting yourself at risk. I'm going to put myself out at risk today because I'm going to say some things about sexuality and identity that is going contradicting today's society. But God's word does that. And if we would remember, like the prophetic word said earlier, that God does all of this because he loves us. That's why he's saying, listen to me over culture. My way is better. Rosa Parks knew that. She said, the front seat's better than the back seat. I'm not giving up my seat. And she said, all the, and she said this. This is why I did Because all people were created equal in the eyes of my God. And I was going to live like that as a free person identity, vision, and purpose. If she did not know who she was, if she listened to society and said, okay, that's just my role in life. I've been divorced three times. That's my role in life. I can never have a healthy marriage. Two of my kids are are atheists. So number three is probably going to follow the ways. No use of me pouring into their life. That's just my identity. I've never had a healthy relationship. I've been through so many abuse that it hurts me to even trust anyone again. What's happening? Culture is labeling your identity. And you can't let it happen. I could go on and on and on about Howard Thurman, a Bible theologian and a mentor who taught young black men to have a vision. Listen to this. He said, I'll need, he taught young men to have a vision of what the Bible says who they are versus what culture says what they are. I was going to put a quote up there, but it would be a page this long. He's a theologian. They have words. He taught young men, he said, don't, be, don't let the culture shape your identity, let the word of God. And he would use this phrase, you need to learn to dream. One young man, mentored by this man, caught that revelation and wrote one of the most powerful speeches in all of human American history. And it is, I have a dream speech. That young man was Martin Luther King Jr. who said, I had a dream, a vision because I have an identity and I have a purpose. The dream speech is a vision of what God's word says. Anybody get what I'm laying down today? This is what reshaped American society. You take God's word out of the equation and you leave us to fight one another. We would have war, 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 war. And we would always find someone to fight over. Even if we were all the same color, You can see this in Ireland and Scotland where they almost committed genocide. They're all white and they almost took out each other. We would do the same thing. We would then fight over the size of our nose. All the big nose people stand over here. 
all the little no. I mean, it, it's just human nature to listen to the culture as the culture dictates to us what is important, what is valuable. And that's why we've got to learn to listen to God's word and believe God's word. So why am I saying all, why is this so important for today? Number one, we need to, re- everything I just said, need to realize what made the difference was people knew their identity based on God's word and not on human culture, even the government. Listen, it, it was legal to do those things, but just because it's legal don't mean it's ethical. Let me say it over here. I don't think they got it. What, just because it's legal don't mean it's ethical. Just because it's legal doesn't mean it's ethical. There were things that were illegal that do all kinds of things in culture. It doesn't mean it's ethical. Why is this so important? Because culture is once again pushing its beliefs upon society and blurring the lines of identity. But this time it's not to a particular race or ethnicity. Culture is trying to redefine an entire, uh, he's going after, culture is waving toward, like a tidal wave toward an entire generation and trending to all mankind. This is more than just an American culture issue. Culture is now spreading across the world and it's trying to redefine marriage, sexuality, and identity. And that's where I'm going with it today. That's exactly what we're living in today. As we are living in today, when culture, which is what? The beliefs and customs of a society. Are you all with me today? Do you have your coffee? That's what culture is. It's the beliefs and it's the customs. We have some good ones in in America. Americana. I love it. Baseball, football. It's the only place where Matthew Stafford being an underdog can take a team. I'm not going to rub it in. It hurts. I'm happy for the man. Okay. America's great. We have, a, we have a lot of things to be happy for, be grateful for. But there's a lot of things in American history uh, that the culture says that is not right. And culture is, is saying a lot of this today. It's, it's mixing and redefining what God has put in place regarding marriage, sexuality, and even gender. Culture says you, you are who you feel like being. You are exactly who you feel like being. Come on, say it with me. You can have sex with whoever you feel attracted to. That's exactly what culture is saying. Whatever makes you happy, it's all about your feelings. And, and what culture does, how, do they, how does culture communicate? Through movies, media, and music. If I can get Taylor Swift for the white community, if I can get Beyonce for the black community, if I can raise up a beautiful Latino like J-Lo for the Hispanic community, if I can get them to define and redefine marriage and redefine sexuality and redefine identity, they'll eat it up like it's going out of style. I almost talked about Taylor Swift last week because you thought she was the one that originated the song, Shake, Shake, Shake It Off, didn't you? With the snake, shake it off in the fire. <sighs> you got to stick with me today. You got to get in there with me today. You got to get in there with me today. I had a coffee and a chai tea and a something else they gave me. I'm ready to go. <sighs> Support of three missionaries. Is it hot to you in here, Josiah? <laughs> but that's exactly what society does. Now listen, it's okay. Be entertained by the movies. But culture's doing more than entertaining us. Culture's trying to educate us. Listen to what I'm saying. That's why it's trying to normalize 
Same-sex attraction, it's normalized. And in cartoons, you can't see a commercial now without sexuality being displayed as two men. Listen, and if you have those feelings, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to you in a minute, but first I've got to unveil some things. I've got to pull the curtain back on culture right now. And you say, whoa, whoa, how can that be? Because in 1940, if you had a television with a commercial, it was all white little families sitting down at the table having a happy life. If you was a person of color, you were like, how do I fit? It was communicating you can't have what the white man has. Anybody see what I'm saying? We don't see it that way unless you sit down with people of different color and experience it. That's why the Black Panther was such a huge blockbuster hit for the black community. Because for, for the first time in history, a young boy of color could look up on the screen and see himself being a superhero. You see what I'm saying? And we're like, well, what's the big deal? Because we've had Spider-Man, we've had Superman, we've had American, we've had, you know what I'm saying? It, it, it's not to, to panic anyone against anyone. That's how the enemy would love for us to interpret this message. But we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers who stage these heroes, who give the producers these ideas, who fan the, the uh, things across culture. That's why if we're not in our word we'll end up fighting against one another, and that's exactly what culture says. Please do it. You say, I would never, I, I would never participate in that era of segregation. Well, let me then ask you, do you value marriage? Do you value your sexuality and your purity? Because it's the same God that said all men are created equal, that said sex is confined within a marriage covenant between one man and one woman. So we make, can I go there today? Are you with me? Lock the doors, please. I got to say this. No, you got to understand my heart and the, the Lord says, listen, if you do it my way, you'll live better. Hebrews 13, God says marriage is honorable and the bed is undefiled. Down, down, down. There goes that Barry White again. Come on. Hey. Talks about the bed. When you get married, the bed is undefiled. That's in your Bible. Corinthians 7 says when you get married, guess what? You don't own your own body. Your spouse owns your body. That's someone just found your favorite scripture in the Bible. But that same scripture in Hebrews 13 says the bed is undefiled. Some of y'all writing that down. He's still rejoicing. Amen. Did you hear that what pastor said? The same scripture says marriage is honorable. The bed is undefiled. But the fornicator and the adulterer God will judge. Let's omit that from the record. Because that's not what Beyonce says. That's not what J-Lo says. That's not what put your favorite artist in there says. And it's okay, you, you know, you got that beat. You know, I'll give it up J-Lo, 50 years old. She's my age, and, 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 and they're in shape, and they got money, and they got all of that. And I still think, okay, be inspired, but don't be educated. Don't be indoctrinated. You got to teach that to your kids. You got to limit to what they listen to, what they watch. So we value marriage. I've had people tell me, Pastor Eddie, marriage is just a piece of paper. We love one another. What does it matter? Money's a piece of paper, too, but you get up every day and work hard for it. Why don't you tell the bank, say, you know what, I'm not going to pay my car, no, my house, no, my mortgage. It's just a piece of paper. I'm already living in the house. So you're already living in the house without buying a house. 
Y'all know where I'm going, don't you? Y'all know where I'm going, isn't you? Uh-huh, uh-huh. My mother-in-law, she's probably watching. She had a talk with me back in the day when I was meeting, when I was dating Melinda. We saw about marriage. She said, Eddie, don't tell me you're going to be one of these guys that won't buy the cow because you get the free milk. I was like, whoa, what did she just say? <laughs> First of all, you calling your daughter a heifer? <laughs> the old generation knows it. And I was like, break it down a little bit. And she was like, my family values marriage. Listen, all I'm saying is we, we like to make a big deal over issues that we're not involved with. But I'm here to show you that the word of God in the book of James is like a mirror, it says. It comes up and it shows us our sin, not to condemn us, but as the prophetic word came forward, and I'm going to get to it in a minute, because he loves us and he says, my plan is better. Why would you go to culture to tell you how to be sexually satisfied when you can go to the one that designed it and made sex? I think because we don't talk a lot about this right here. But I'll tell you what, this summer we got some workshops coming up, ladies, men. In our, we're going to be talking about some of these things. Sexuality is a huge part of who we are. It's a huge part of what God does. And God invented every bit of it. Satan doesn't create anything. He doesn't have that power. He does not create anything. He distorts, he confuses, and he destroys what God already created. And the culture, he speaks through the culture, and he says, if you really want to be happy, then you need to be you, whatever you feel like doing. You be whoever you feel like being. Thank God my mom and dad said, boy, because I was feeling, when I was six years old, I was feeling like I was really Superman and really Spider-Man. <laughs> I would. I would go through the, my neighborhood jumping on garages with a towel around my neck. I really thought I would. And mom said, boy, number one, you're ruining all my towels. <laughs> number two, you ain't no Spider-Man. You're my son. I'm going to show you Spider-Man feels pain. You want to see pain? I'm, gonna... <laughs> I'm just joking about that. But listen, there are people and kids that are really dealing with these issues. Write this down. If you do have children that are struggling with their identity and sexuality and transgenderism, there are, there are books available. There are podcasts available. I just finished a great book called Affirming God's Image. Write that down if this is you. If you're watching online, listen. Affirming God's Image by J. Allen Branch. If you're a podcast person and you're dealing with sexuality and sexual attractions, by the way, there's a difference between attractions and actions. Jackie Hill is the name of a young lady who came out of that lifestyle of lesbianism for many years. She's a very loud voice for the Christian community. She's got a podcast called Let's Talk. She keeps it real. Her and her husband, I listen to it, and I've never struggled in that area, but I get blessed by hearing her speak up. She's a black female, and she speaks a lot to the black community in lesbianism and same-sex attraction. But, man, you're going to get, I don't care if you're an 80-year-old Indian man, you will get something out of that podcast because she speaks the truth. Anybody hearing me? Here's my one and only main point before I give you five more. And it's this. Our identity isn't found in culture, but it is found in Christ. That's it. That's it. 
Your identity is found in, in Christ and not in culture. It's not, our, our identity is not in our feelings. Our identity is in our faith. I may feel attracted to this person or that person or to both people. Listen, attraction is one thing. Feelings, you're always going to have feelings. I am a heterosexual male who has feelings. I, 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 women, I'm attracted to beautiful women, to women, period. Every man in here would say, amen, if that's you. You were born that way. God put that in you. However, when you are in a marriage covenant... I still may have those feelings. It is my responsibility to put those feelings under what the Word of God says my identity of a Christian married man ought to be. Doesn't mean you got them feeling the feelings go away. No, when you get saved, God don't say all those feelings and all those temptations will ever go away. Jesus himself was tempted. Hebrews says in every way we were. You know how many times he had women all alone washing his feet, guys, that he could have said, hey, guys, get up out of here. I'm going to spend a few minutes with Mary. Mary Magdalene. Everyone would leave the room but Judas. I knew this was coming. This is a phone. I knew this was coming. This is going on my TikTok. Look at this. The Messiah ain't no Messiah. He really ain't no Messiah. Can you see? You know, when Christ never had that thought, he was all human. He d had a double thought about going to the cross. Let's keep it real. Your Bible's real. And we try to have this fairy tale land of Christianity. Christianity is, is rough and raw. Our emblem is a cross. Is a cross. Not a pretty shield like in Captain America, not Thor's hammer. It's a cross. It means to really live, you got to die. The more you die to the culture, the more you die to your feelings, the more the supernatural Holy Spirit in you begins to awaken and get stronger. And then now you live. Paul said it this way, I am crucified with Christ. No longer do I live. Yet the life I do live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He said, I'm crucified with Christ. That's my identity. I put it on a cross. My new life is with Christ. Corinthians 6, he said, I did not receive the grace of God in vain. 15, verse 15, he said, but I've labored more than all the other apostles, yet not I, but the grace of God that works in me. First Timothy, he said, I am the chief of sinners, but God has called me into the ministry because what I did, I did it ignorantly, and his grace toward me was not in vain. All these are identity scriptures that Paul finally came into. So let me say this, that's where you get your identity from. In biology, it's the male, it's the father who decides, it's the father's contribution into the process that determines the gender of the child, is it not? Same way spiritually, our heavenly father determines your identity. Identity, vision, purpose. I abused my life and I was running around for most of my year, 25 years of my life because I didn't know who or really I was. So whatever looked cool, I tried to imitate. Well, I would like to have that, I would like to do that, and so I was gonna do it. When you really discover what God's word says, who you are, that's your identity, it will change your entire life. 
Some things will totally go off your list. Other things, your priorities will be realigned. You are not the job you work. Identity is not what you do, but who you are. You are a salesman, good. That's what you do. That's not who you are. First point, number one, this is, there's 140 in Christ identity statements in the Bible. 140. I'm only going to give you five. First one, I am a new creation. This is where it all begins, folks. This is where the Bible says your identity, no matter what society has called you, no matter what your parents have called you, no matter what so-and-so has called you, I'm telling you now, when you come to Christ and you believe what I'm telling you today and you surrender your life to Jesus Christ just as you are, then the Bible says he gives you a new identity. Identity is not what you do, it's who you are. Identity is always associated with birth. For instance, when you're single, you have an identity. The only time your identity changes uh, is when you, in that kind of a caliber, is when you have a child. When a child is born, what happens? Your entire purpose, identity, and vision shifts. Why? A birth has taken place. You're now a parent. How many parents know what I'm talking about? That's why there's some things that you just don't understand until you have kids. And even when you adopt, you, everything changes when you become a parent in whatever dimension, whether you are adopting or a birth child, biological child of your own, then your, I, everything shifts. The scripture says it like this, one of my favorite, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, therefore if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, behold, all things have become new. Pastor Eddie, I was born this way. My doctors have told me I was born this way. And listen, I'm not gonna argue that, but I can tell you this, the Bible says you can be born again. Society says, it's all about celebrating you. Go around people who celebrate you. God doesn't celebrate who we are. He changes who we are. And he changes who we are to be the image of Christ. That's our identity. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. That's where our identity starts. I got this when I became out of alcoholism and, and partying and drugging and stuff and for a while I wore that label I'm a recovering addict and I get it we're all broken we're all broken we're all recovering from something I can go down that road but not as far as everybody else goes I stopped going and seeing myself that way and said, so I'm not a recovering nothing I am a new creation in Christ Jesus why? Because it moves, as long as you stay in the lane that I'm just a recovering liar, then there's a possibility you can lie again because you really ain't a totally different person. You're just trying to work on you. God don't make a new version of you. The word creation right here means an entire tear it down to the ground. Remove it, burn it, haul it away. I'm starting from scratch. I just set somebody free. That's why people say, Eddie, you don't even look like who you used to be. Me and LaDon, we grew up, we knew each other a long time. We talk about this all the time. We're changing as a more, and that's what Christianity is all about. We go from glory to glory to glory to look more like Christ. Why? Your identity. And the more you get your identity, the more vision you have. Okay, now I know how to raise this kids because I'm not a parent, I'm a Christian parent. So now I know, Pastor Ray talking about the culture thing. I gotta realize, I gotta, I gotta go to their playlist. 
Listen, you do not have to ask permission to go through your children's social media or their bedroom stuff. I said it, I said it right here live to you, right? You are the parent. Amen. You don't got to be all nasty about it. My dad's sitting on the front row, so I won't go too long, but I'll tell you, he wouldn't let us to lock the door. He said, boy, that's my door. You lock it, I'm going to kick it down. That's how my daddy raised me. Now, you might think that's violent. You do you, boo, but I'm just telling you right now. Kids, kids need us to parent them. They need what I'm telling you in tough love, but they need it because they have a culture who doesn't stop. Right now, when you go home and it be commercials, by the end of the night, culture would have done tell you everything I done told you in this hour, 50 times over, that everything I said was wrong, old-fashioned, dumb, stupid, stale, religious, and whatever other man-made category he can put it in. Why? Because he's the God of this world. But when we detach from the God of this world, we sit down with our kids and say, kids, I'm not going to command or demand. You tell me, what do you think about sexuality? When they're six, it may be a little too much, bro. So you might want to wait. But have these conversations. You're a new creation. I got to keep going. New creation. And then point number two, I am complete. You need to understand that God's word says you are complete. I don't need a relationship to complete me. Oh, I wish I had an hour. These could be all by themselves, standalone messages. If you think another person will complete you, you will never be satisfied. The relationship will wear off because relationships only complement one another. They don't complete you. Only Christ can complete you. And that is a whole message in itself on how you have to have that happen. It means you're forgiven. That means you are holy. And watch this. It means you are perfect. Tell the person next to you, I'm perfect. Put it in the chat, say, I'm perfect. Tell the person next to you, you didn't know I was perfect, did you? And here's what I mean, that we don't like to say that. We don't like to say that. We like to say we're, we're, we're a sinner. We're, we're, we're broken. And I understand there's a part of us that is like that. But the Bible says in 1 Peter that we have a divine nature that is now in us that helps us break the power of culture. The scripture is Colossians. This is what Mary read during worship. The Holy Spirit gave her this scripture. So you done heard it. This is your second time, so you really need to hear it. This is what God says about you. He says, you are complete in him. Verse 22. Once you were alienated from God in your minds by your wicked works, but now, everybody say, but now. He has reconciled you. That means he has fixed you. He has repaired the bridge so you can get to him. How? Through Christ's death to present you, say that word, holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in the faith. You are holy in the sight of God. You are perfect in the sight of God. I've done so many things in my life, I'm embarrassed to even talk about them. And I had to fight that guilt and that shame for a long time. This is one of the verses that set me free. I don't care what your sexuality identity is. Someone might have told you you're a bisexual, you're a this, you're a that, and you're all over the place, and you've committed sin, and you've done things that are legal but unethical. And you know that this is what the Scripture, and God really wants people to hear this today, that if you would come to Christ, He can present you holy and blameless, above reproach 
in the eyes of God. Let me give you an example. How many heard the song Amazing Grace? How many heard the song Amazing Grace? Do you know that it was written in 1778 by John Newton? John Newton was a slave owner. He was a captain of a slave trade who would ship slaves from one continent to the other. But in 1778, he found himself in a massive sea storm off the coast of Ireland. He dropped to his knees, scared for his life, and said, God, if there is a God, and if you're real, please save me, and I'll commit the rest of my life to serve you if you give me a second chance. God gave him a second chance. And as soon as he went to shore, he went right to Bible school. He picked up a Bible. He became a theologian, and he wrote the song, Amazing Grace. He became a slave owner to an abolitionist one of the most powerful abolitionists of his era. He wrote the song, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. For I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I see. I have vision, because I have identity, and I have purpose. Give God some praise today in the house. Come on. Woo. Woo. Look at that. Paul was a terrorist. We covered that in your Bible. And God gave him a second chance. When God gives you a second chance, that's why he said, I didn't didn't receive the grace of God in vain. How do you receive the grace of God in vain? You just say, okay, God, thank you for forgiving me, but I'm going to continue to live my life. No, no, no. We need to have a shift in our lives when God gives us a second chance. This message today could be a second chance for somebody. Number three. Let me just give the rest to you. Then we're going to pray because I don't have time. I'm a conqueror. Oh, the Bible says you are a conqueror. You are not a victim. You are not a victim. Listen, we've all had bad things happen, and there are some people that have had things happen to them that I can't even imagine. Disowned and sexually, mentally, verbally, physically, there's so many different types of abuse And the enemy, why does he do that? Why did that happen to you? Because he's trying to rob you of your identity. This scripture says when you come to Christ, you are more than a conqueror through Christ. You might have got bit with a snake, but you don't walk around with that snake no more. I don't glorify the snake no more. I glorify the health that God has brought to me from the snake bite. Covered that last week. Hallelujah. I am a citizen of heaven. I could spend all day on that. You're a citizen of heaven. Come on, worship team. And number five, I am called for a purpose. You are called for a purpose. I'm going to end right there. Keep these handouts. I would love for you to have Bible studies on your own. Have going deepers. Talk about these scriptures. Talk about this message because this is a more than a one Sunday message. I could go so long on this. But I believe now it's time to respond to the word. Now it's time to receive the word. Many of us have different labels we walked in. The how we see ourselves. Those are identities. Labels that culture has put on us. But I want you to know that our identity is found in Christ and in him alone. Do you agree with that? You receive that? You see how your identity can shift and change? The Bible predicts that the culture in the last days is going to be pretty bad. People will fall away from the faith. They will get offended. They will not want to hear sound teaching. 
but they will heap up for themselves teachers having itching ears who will tell them what they want to hear. From these people, Paul said to Timothy, don't have nothing to do with them, for they are lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, lovers of themselves, haughty, headstrong, proud, sinful, disobedient to parents. It goes on and on and on and on and on. But you, Timothy, hold true to the doctrine and the pattern that I have given you. Know who you are in Christ and say, I don't do that no more. Listen, I could go right now and get me a pint of vodka. I could go get me a 40 of Mickey's. I could go get me a case of Bud Light. I can go get me a blunt. I can go get me an eight ball. I can go get me some crystal meth. And all of you could do the same thing. I don't do those things because that's not who I am. I know who I am in Christ. I know my vision and my purpose. And those would distract my vision and my purpose and destroy what God has made me be. That's why I don't do that. Not a religious thing. This is a Pastor Eddie. Oh, River of Life has a standard that you that you shouldn't have sex unless you're married. I don't have that standard. I mean, I do not. The Bible has that standard. The culture says that. Culture also said that you are a human based on the amount of pigmentation that you have in your body. shift in our identity today. This is one of those messages. If we receive it today, God, you shifted the identity of America. What we celebrate this month with the civil rights movement, all because people received your identity over the culture. Father, there is a sexual identity crisis right now. There is a personal identity crisis right now. We are being lost. We are being confused. We've been through a pandemic. We've been through so much chaos and disunity. Father, we've lost the meaning of it all. I pray right now, God, that we would come back to what your word says. We receive your identity today, right now. Come on, can we all stand in this place? If you're struggling in your identity or you want to respond, I want to, these altars are open. We got our prayer teams. I want to invite our prayer Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Light, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of His presence, His promises, and all people. And you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.